Ron Rivera might be the biggest winner from Washington Commanders OTA practice number two in front of the media. I'll tell you about that and more right now on Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Thursday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering your Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you can continue the conversations over on subtext at joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Commanders, where you can go one-on-one with me because I am your host, David Harrison, D Harrison82 on Twitter, credentialed member of the media, and Washington Commanders beat reporter for Commander Country Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the Washington Commanders. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. Or if you're new to the show, I appreciate you coming through today. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to discuss the ongoing evaluation of quarterback Sam Howell as well as comments from head coach Ron Rivera. But first, we're going to start today's episode talking about how Coach Rivera may actually be the biggest winner from day two of OTA practice. And of course, that's just day two of OTA practice in front of the media. I think it was day five or so total for the team. Uh, They'll have another practice Thursday that we are not invited to, but we will get time with assistant head coach and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, and special teams coordinator Nate Katzer Thursday afternoon, rather, to get their thoughts on record following the last practice of week two, phase three of the offseason workout program. But sticking to Wednesday's observation, Rivera may be the big winner because the standouts from practice include two of his draft picks. In fact, it's both his first and second round picks, defensive backs, Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin, starting with Emmanuel Forbes. We've seen him now work inside We've seen him work outside. Inside was mostly rookie minicamp, outside really in the OTAs ever since. But mostly he's getting his work outside. And if I had to give a firm prediction on his usage at this point in time, I would say that it's most likely we see Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice in two receiver sets. So when the opposing offense comes out with just two wide receivers, I think we see Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller on the field as your perimeter defenders. But on three receiver sets, which is about 70% of the time or more for, for some teams, then I think Benjamin St. Juice is likely to slide inside and Emmanuel Forbes comes in and becomes the second perimeter defender in Jack Del Rio's defense opposite of Kendall Fuller. And the great thing about uh, kind of what we're seeing take place here is there's a lot of different combinations that they, this defense could go with. So if they feel like Emmanuel Forbes is the better option inside, they could theoretically keep Benjamin St. Juice outside and move Emmanuel inside. If they think Quan Martin is the better inside option, then they could just bring uh, Quan Martin onto the field. So it's really interesting to kind of see all the dynamics uh, of what they're doing. But that's just watching from where each guy is lining up in seven on sevens and 11 on 11 drills here in these first two uh, OTA practices that we got to see. Two or three more practices coming up next week that we'll get to see. Uh, that third one is kind of up in the air. Maybe we'll we'll get to see that or not. But speaking of the usage of Emmanuel Forbes and Aquan Martin, before practice, we did have a press conference with head coach Ron Rivera. And during that, he did tell us, quote, it's been interesting to watch it because for the most part, we've moved those three guys around. 
We've played Benjamin inside. We've played Forbes inside. The one guy we haven't put inside has been Kendall. We really think that Kendall's a guy that plays with great vision. And again, you saw what he's capable of last year with the way that he played, especially with some of the things that Jack and the staff did, adding a match zone type coverage that we use, and they've adapted to it very well. They're going to be in the second into the second full year with it, which will be even better for us. So it's going to be interesting to watch those three guys as they continue to grow together. It's been a lot of fun. And you do see those guys all making plays right now, end quote. And that kind of supports what I just said, because what we've seen in these two practices since the veterans got on the field with the rookies, Kendall Fuller is outside. He's outside. He's outside. Benjamin St. Juice outside and in. Pretty much even split, a lot more, maybe in, maybe even a lot more in. Emmanuel Forbes, pretty much outside. Again, some inside usually, or mostly during rookie minicamp. Quan Martin, I've only seen, well, no, that's not true. Today, I did see him lined up outside once, but mostly uh, he's lined up inside. So that just kind of supports uh, everything that we just talked about. But this, again, Ron Rivera's quote that I just read you was, was before practice. So the thing about that is he's already identifying that these guys are making plays. We've already talked about during rookie camp for Emmanuel Forbes. And then ever since then, uh, the last OTA practice, Forbes and Martin specifically, but really that entire secondary, they continued to make plays into Wednesday. Now, Emmanuel Forbes didn't get an interception. So that's the first practice that I've seen that he did not get an interception in. But he was definitely still making up plays, definitely still breaking up passes. Specifically, there were two plays that stand out for him because one it was basically a presence play, right? So the ball essentially sailed out of bounds to a point where the receiver couldn't make a legitimate play for it. The ball sailed out of bounds because the quarterback had to get it over Emmanuel Forbes and out in front enough that Emmanuel couldn't make a play on it. Because of that factor, the ball goes out of bounds. Emmanuel Forbes is, is the is again, he's the he's the 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 catalyst there, right? So that's just a presence play. That's just kind of what his presence on the field can do to an opposing quarterback. Then on the other play that comes out, uh, it's a comeback route to Jahan Dotson. They're in that match zone that Ron Rivera was kind of talking about. How fires a ball. It's accurate. It's on time. If anything, maybe Jahan could have come back to it a little bit, but that's a little ticky-tacky, right? But Forbes, not only does he break up the pass, but he does it from behind Jahan Dotson. Now, he literally reaches from behind him to in front of Jahan Dotson's body and gets his hands on the ball to break it up. And, and typically, when you see that kind of a play, it's almost like the defender is like climbing on the receiver's back, right? But that's not what happened in this play. Instead, Emmanuel just used that length and got in front of Jahan Dotson enough uh, to get that ball out of there. So it was, it was very impressive and a really intelligent use of, of those athletic characteristics that Emmanuel Forbes has. So, again, some solid plays there. But that wasn't all uh, that was happening on the field. Defensive back Quan Martin also made some really solid plays on Wednesday, showing range, showing instinct, and showing IQ, particularly on one play. Dropped into zone again, one of those match zones that Rivera was describing. Had an outside zone. He's in his zone, but he read a route coming from inside of his zone from the right side of the, of the, of the field of the defensive formation to the left and sees the route coming, sees the quarterback uh, kind of register. It breaks on it, gets his hands on the ball before the receiver can, deflects it away from the receiver, and new linebacker Cody Barton ends up coming down with the interception. It was just, it was, it happened pretty much right in front of me. It was just an impressive, impressive play to watch unfold. Very happy myself that I was just happened to be watching Quan Martin uh, on that play and got to see it kind of unfold as it went down. So a good bunch of solid plays by these new defenders. Cause again, Cody Barton, a new defender too. head up attentive going for the ball, making a play flashing a lot of IQ uh, in the process from these defensive backs, specifically speaking of Barton, 
Uh, there were also some really good pass rush moves on the field Wednesday, uh, specifically John Allen, the defensive lineman. You know him, you love him. Linebacker David Mayo had two probably the most impressive pass rush snaps that I've seen uh, so far here in these OTAs to blow up two plays before they ever, ever even had a chance. I mean, uh, again, you have to take it with a grain of salt because the offensive line, there's no pads. You can't really get a grip on anybody and, and do all those things. But still very impressive get off, very impressive penetration to see from those guys. So Ron Rivera's new additions certainly looking good and in the process making him look a little smarter, right? Anybody who's still questioning why he was drafting these guys, uh, it looks pretty good. The, the defense looks pretty good, I got to tell you. So we'll see if it continues on into June uh, as we turn the calendar over and then, of course, come back in August and preseason and see how it looks against live competition. That's obviously where uh, the biggest part of these evaluations is going to go. So I know we want to hear that a quarterback, Sam Howell, is doing well every rep and all that stuff. But to be honest, if the defense doesn't win any reps, doesn't win any series, that's a huge problem. That's not a reason for celebration. So the good news is the defense did have some really bright moments, but the offense also got some wins on Wednesday, especially from one player that the Washington Commanders hope to never see on the field in a regular or postseason game. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers, you can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. The NBA Finals matchup is set in Thursday night. Tonight, if you're watching this on the day that it drops, Miami Heat, the Denver Nuggets are going to battle on Thursday night for game one as they try to find out, figure out who the best team in the association is this season. Heading into game one, the Nuggets are favored by nine points and they're minus 390 favorites on the money line. Meanwhile, Denver is also minus 450 favorites to win the whole thing. If you think the Heat can pull off the upset right now, a $100 bet to do so can get you $330 if they make it happen. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than at America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Again, for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view today and every day. Tomorrow, every day, we're back to Ashburn for press conference with the three coordinators. So I'll be back on Friday's episode to go over the highlights from what they had to say on Thursday. Continuing on today, however, we're looking at our, our second standout. Now, listen, I'm not doing winners and losers during OTAs and stuff because the negatives, like I kind of said with Sam Howell, they got to be taken with a grain of salt, right? So I don't really, I don't really refer to anybody here as losers. We're all, we're all trying to learn out here, right? So I call them standout players. Our second standout player is, uh, it, well, we're on our second one first of all because Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin. Just to be clear, we're one. That's a two for one deal. They're both the standouts. Really, Ron Rivera uh, probably taking a victory lap for that one. But our second standout uh, from the second day of OTA practices that the media got to see is quarterback Jacoby Brissett. Now, every dares, you know this because we've discussed this before, but I've been very impressed with what I've seen out of this veteran quarterback. And it's not just the arm talent either, although the arm talent is very real. It's very live. I feel bad for their hands. There's a confidence in Jacoby Brissett that, quite honestly, we didn't see last year in the pocket. Even when there's pressure coming, simulated pressure, whatever, He's stepping up. He's making confident throws. There's not a lot of wasted space. There's not a lot of nervous energy. It looks really good. 
and the velocity on the ball really just adds to the entire package. I mean, that ball comes out quick and it gets onto its target very, very quickly. There was one pass to tight end Curtis Hodges, a uh, man that and, and it, it looked like it just hurt to catch it. Like I, I legitimately I was standing next to a photographer. Make sure you actually follow him on Twitter if you don't already at Surge the Shooter. Uh, I was standing next to Surge and I turned to him. I said, man, the way the percept throws the ball you expect it to go deeper down the field than it actually does, right? So we're in red zone. If I can try to paint this picture for you, we're in red zone. We're standing on the sideline. Jacoby Brissett uh, is running the offense, and he fires the ball. Now, the way he fires the ball, and I'm ball watching at this point, right? So the way he fires the ball, boom, my eyes immediately snap to the back of the end zone because that's where I think the ball is going just by the velocity and the way he's throwing this ball. But it's almost like you, you've seen the plays on television, right, where the camera over over shifts and that has to has to correct and come back. Right. It's kind of confusing. That's what I did. Like I looked to the back of the end zone. There's nobody there. So I snap back closer in the formation and the ball's already been caught. And it's about five or six yards off the line of scrimmage uh, for a score. Uh, and I think if I remember correctly, that, that, that receiver, that tight end ended up going into the end zone for what would be a touchdown. But that's how quickly that ball's coming out. That's how quickly that ball is getting on these receivers. Like I said, it's got to hurt the hands, but I mean, hey, that's what you're out there getting paid to paid for. And, you know, it can almost kind of surprise a receiver. But, you know, that's why we have these practices to work on that connection, that chemistry. So these guys are out there trying to get used to that velocity out of Jacoby Brissett. But that velocity with accuracy really makes it hard for defenders to get a jump on those passes. And there were a couple of passes on Wednesday that when you look at them in previous practices with previous quarterbacks, they're probably balls that get deflected or they get intercepted, but because of how quickly they get onto the receiver, they come down for completions. And it's not just center shots, right? Like you can put any NFL quarterback and say, you know, throw it at the guy's chest, throw it at the guy's stomach, uh, you know, and, and hit him center mass with full arm strength and all that stuff. But we're seeing corner shots, we're seeing back shoulder. We're seeing throws that draw the receiver open. They drive the receiver open, uh, and they're coming fast, man. They're they're coming out quick. Uh, it's a situation where right now, and look, there's no contact. There, there's no live pass rush. There's no pressure of the game, right? So remember, uh, every day, go back to our, our OTA expectations episode, right, and our realistic evaluations discussion. Everything that we say here from OTAs has to be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt because of the environment that it's happening in, but if what we see now translates to August, it translates to the patch, translates to contact, to preseason, all that stuff. If this is what we see from Jacoby Brissett, I got to say, if there's a reason that he has to go into a game or start a game or a series or whatever it is, I would be comfortable with it. Not confident. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, boom, this team has Jacoby Brissett. Go ahead and, and raise the banners. But you feel comfortable that he's a guy that can navigate this offense with the defense that they have, keep this game competitive uh, and potentially get some, some wins for this team. If the situation arises again, we're all hoping, you know what I mean? Because the intention is for Sam Howell to be the starter. So we're hoping those intentions are met. Uh, and Brissett is just a training camp hero, preseason hero. But then a regular season comes, he's a master of the clipboard uh, because that means that Sam Howell is healthy and he's doing well. But knowing that the safety that is there still a very good thing. And I wanted to wait a couple of practices before I really went deep into Jacoby Brissett because, uh, you know, I didn't want to get too ahead of myself, but a couple of practices in a row, we're seeing the same thing. Uh, and again, team reporter Zach Selby told me that uh, it's, 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 you know, he's, he's doing really well when we're not around. And, you know, so it's safe to give Brissett some flowers. I would say, just don't go plant a whole garden. You know what I mean? If that's the analogy uh, that I can use. And, and honestly, that's a good reminder because 
Make sure you guys are checking out Zach Selby's work over at commanders.com. He gets to go to all the practices. External media, we only get a select few that the team allows us to come into, but Zach Selby gets to go to them all. He's doing write-ups uh, for all of them as well. So make sure you're checking out what he's writing over at commanders.com because uh, he is one of the first people that I talk to when I get to Ashburn to get caught up on uh, what I've been missing at the practices I didn't get to see. So our final standout, from OTA practice number two in front of the media is tight end Curtis Hodges already kind of talked about him, but we talked uh, earlier about Armani Rogers injury last week. And if you didn't see it, uh, he posted an update on his own Instagram page. Armani Rogers did. And that surgery to, to help him get over his injury went well, he says. So that's good news. And, and we're certainly wishing him uh, a speedy recovery. But while he starts that long road to recovery, again, Logan Thomas speculating, he's not a doctor, but speculating about you know 10 months or so. Uh, Hodges is the guy that we identified last week who's now going to get his shot to be that number four tight end behind Logan Thomas, John Bates, and Cole Turner and get the opportunity to show his potential. Well, that potential showed up big on Wednesday. Uh, I need to get better charting these things for you guys, right? That's something I'm working on. I know some of the greats out there, some of the goats out there like John Kime of ESPN are really good at it. I see him taking his notes all the time. I need to get better at it myself for you. Uh, so make sure you're also checking out John Kime report. He does a good job. Obviously, it's that's why he's there where he is. But Hodges made several catches Wednesday of varying degrees of difficulty. And what you really like about these are the athletic plays, the boundary plays with the feet inbounds, hand catching, right? He's not letting the ball get into his to his body. And that's key. That's incredibly key, especially for a young guy. A lot of young guys, uh, they like to body catch. And that's where you have balls, you know, kind of bounce off of pads or face masks sometimes. And that's that's not good for anybody. Uh, but specifically, there's a really nice play during a red zone session where Hodges was targeted by Jacoby Brissett. And to make the catch, Hodges had to go really low, real sudden. And it wasn't a dive. It was, it was, he's like standing, moving, has to kind of stop his momentum, bend down. Uh, this dude is listed as six foot eight. So that's really tall. And I've, I've stood next to him. Like I can confirm he's much taller than I am. I'm five ten, five eleven on a good day. So he, if he's not six, eight, he's, he's stinking close to it. Okay. So he's a tall dude. So to get down that low, to bend down the way that he did to make that catch for a touchdown. That's a very impressive play uh, and something you really like seeing out of him. Um, something else I liked seeing out of him too, after practice was over, they all broke and, and they all position groups go to their position coaches. They get their final kind of, you know, guidance or whatever it is that they're talking about. And, you know, they kind of, they kind of have a period to go, to go eat, to go do whatever they're going to do. But uh, instead of hitting the locker room right away, Curtis Hodges, what he did is he went over to the jugs machine and he took some extra catches. Now, I don't know how many balls he took, but it was a good amount of extra work. He was out there for at least a good couple of rotations at the podium for press conferences. So, I mean, he was, he was out there for a good minute, man. So this is a, this is a young man looking to make good on his opportunity and his chances. And, and, you know, uh, you never want to celebrate an injury, but if Armani Rogers has to be injured, seeing a guy like Curtis Rogers uh, or Armani, if Armani Rogers has to be injured, seeing a guy like Curtis Hodges step up and, and take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, you know, at least it doesn't kind of kind of go to waste and just kind of fall away. So we've already talked about a little bit of what Coach Rivera had to say on Wednesday, but there's some more quotes we're going to dive into as we wrap up today's episode with that and our Howl Watch update. That's next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. <laughs> Time for our How Watch segment and some observations from Ron Rivera's press conference from before uh, the practice. This How Watch segment, something I just kind of came up with today. I want to start doing it. Basically, every time we get out to practice, we'll do a How Watch update because I was kind of thinking about it. And, you know, 
he could kind of be my one of my standout players from every practice. And that's that's kind of cheaping out on you guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to come through here and like, oh, Sam Howell again, standout player. But but we're all interested in what Sam Howell is doing. Obviously, I'm watching him out there and I'm I'm taking notes on what's happening with him. So instead of, you know, having to to measure out how many times I make Sam Howell a focus and you go, you know, maybe a week or two, especially during like training camp uh, before, you know, I kind of give you an update. I figure let's just make this thing daily, man. Let's make it a Howell watch. Uh, I've got some some perhaps cute little ideas uh, to go with it. We'll see how I if I can execute it. We'll see how it goes. We'll see and let me know if you guys like it. But uh, uh, so our first Howl watch today, right? So Sam Howell has had some really good practices. Bottom line, right? Uh, unfortunately, uh, his cleanest practices have not come in front of the media, and, and I don't think that that has you know I think that's a coincidence. I don't think he's getting nervous in front of the media or anything like that. But when we've been there, there have been certainly some highs uh, and some lows. But that's what you should expect from a young quarterback, right? The key is you don't want to see the same lows over and over and over and over again. You want to see those lows eventually turn into highs or just avoiding the lows uh, altogether. Even last year with the veterans, though, we saw some lows and we saw some of those lows get repeated. So even if this young guy kind of repeats some of these mistakes, um, we're going to give him a little bit of a break because uh, he is so young and, and just kind of in the learning stages of this thing. But so far from Sam Howell, honestly, like you see a mistake, you don't typically see that same mistake made again. But for those of you who are hearing a little bit of an up and down vibe, a good friend of mine in sports media, Evan Klosky from WTSP 10 Tampa Bay, he recently said uh, that getting mad at a quarterback in May is like getting mad at a pitcher during spring training. It just doesn't make sense. And I, I agree with him. I think that that's, uh, that's a very, very accurate analogy. So if you're a baseball fan and a football fan, you get it. If you're not a baseball fan, uh, hopefully you still get it. If you don't, go ask a baseball fan. They'll explain it to you. So take the bat with a grain of salt. But if there's learning happening, if there's positives happening, you definitely want to take those. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying just run to the bank with them and make Sam Howell the first quarterback drafted in your fantasy you know, lineup or anything like that. But we wouldn't have OTAs. We wouldn't have training camp. We wouldn't have preseason if players didn't need to learn, grow, develop, and, 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 and do all these things. So that's what Sam Howell is going through. But the good news is with some of those mistakes that we do see from time to time, we see a lot of nice passes, man. And we're also seeing – uh, a lot of good, good activity. So I saw a tweet from Mitch Tisler of uh, NBC Sports Washington on Twitter at Mitch Tisler. Make sure you're giving him a follow. And it described a really good, uh, it really gave a really good description rather of some of the up and downs that we're seeing from Sam Howell right now. Had a great throw in the slot to Zion Bowens going up against cornerback DJ Sturgis. Um, and Howell put it in the exact right spot. Like DJ Sturgis was in coverage. Like he had good coverage on Bowens. But because of where Howell put the ball, and with the speed that he put on the ball, Sturgis could do nothing about it. Like Bowens came down with the catch, and there was nothing Sturgis could do. I mean, again, you're he's going to go back, and his coach is going to tell him, bro, you did the right thing. It was just a better throw. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, they just made the better play, and sometimes that's all there is to it. Uh, so that's the kind of throw you want to see from Sam Howell, right? But then he throws a curl route to Terry McLaurin into double coverage, should have been intercepted, could have been intercepted. Luckily, it wasn't intercepted, and that will happen sometimes too. But you see that kind of a throw. Now, very next snap, he doesn't try to make it up. He doesn't try to force it to Terry to get him a ball. No, he throws a dime to, to tight end Curtis Hodges on the sideline. So, you, again, some of that up and down, but that good, man, that up, it's it's high up there. So time will tell. But I will tell you this, the bounce back from Sam Howell, when he makes the mistakes, that's the first thing I'm watching for is that bounce back. It's very, very impressive and it's better than what we've previously seen uh, here in recent times. So, we just got to let him get the bad lessons learned and out of the way and trust that Eric Bieniemy 
the other leaders in the locker room, Terry McLaurin's all this stuff, Coach Rivera, and in his own desire to get better and win, win are going to uh, to win out. So that's our howl watch for this practice. Again, some ups, some downs, but some really good ups and the downs. You know, they're they're easily fixable. So we'll do that every time we're out there, which is two or three times next week. Uh, again, there might be three practices, there might only be two, but either way, whether it's two, whether it's three, we'll have howl watches. Uh, for those days as well. So come back for that. I've got a fun idea, like I said, for this segment, if I can get it executed properly. We'll see what I can do this weekend. Speaking of lessons learned, there's a really cool five or six snap series that I want to share with you all on Friday involving assistant head coach and offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. And I want to ask him about that series tomorrow. So come back for that. But in the meantime, Ron Rivera talked about his quarterback and his new coach and coordinator prior to practice on Wednesday. And about Howell, he said, the quote, the difference I'm really seeing is from when he first got started, when we began OTAs to where he is now, the way he handles things, his command in terms of the things that he's doing. One of the things that we're doing, it's something we had done way back when I was in Chicago, but we mic Sam up so we can listen to him, the way he's handling the huddle calls, how he's handling things with the line of scrimmage. It's given us a lot of insight into that. It's real interesting to watch the way you can see him stepping into the huddle. He's taking charge, taking command. And it's one of the things that when you listen to Eric, he'll tell the quarterback, Hey, you got to take charge, take charge. You're starting to see that. Now, talking about the mic'd up thing, that's an interesting idea. That's not something I've ever heard of before, um, but something that Ron, again, says he has experience from uh, Chicago with. Kind of wonder how Eric Bieniemy, you know, how, how much value he's getting out of that. But about the miking up specifically, Ron Rivera also said, quote, we've only done it a couple times, but you see the growth already. And for me, it was pretty good. I was watching it this morning. A couple things that really stood out to me was really his confidence level in terms of calling the huddle, breaking the huddle, getting to the line of scrimmage, making his calls, and then operating the offense. End quote. So, some new ideas. Not so, not so much new from you know you, from a time standpoint. Again, Chicago was a little bit a little while ago for Ron Rivera, but new to this team, new to this quarterback, this dynamic uh, and unique, a little bit outside the box thinking to get as much input and data as you can for the coach Eric Bieniemy to be able to do as much teaching. As he can. So very interesting stuff coming out of Ashburn on Wednesday. Again, we'll be back in in Ashburn Thursday for more press conferences coming up tomorrow. I will have my comments, observations from the comments made by offensive coordinator, assistant head coach, Eric Bieniemy, defense coordinator, Jack Del Rio and special teams coordinator, coordinator, Nate Katzer. In the meantime, if you have questions or comments, just throw them in the live chat, YouTube comments on Twitter, email me at lockedoncommanders@gmail.com or send them directly to me via subtext. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day, thanks for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. And remember, you can continue the conversation with me over at joinsubtext.com slash Commanders. Thank you so much for making me part of your day, part of your routine. And if you have anything else Washington Commanders related that you want to know or you want to discuss, make sure you also follow me on Twitter at dharrison82. Till we speak again, be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.